What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, and I am joined, as I am each week, by my co-host, Lauren Arbach. Hey there, Andrew. How are you doing? I, I'm all right. I can't stop doing this, like, yeah, PA I saw that you, like, you, you could tell that you started to do it, but then, but then you really pumped the brakes on it, I think. I know. I was like, <laughs> I, I gotta keep, I gotta vary things up week to week. I can't do it every week, but now it's, like ingrained in my soul well maybe it's just one of these kind of podcast homework things where you just have to think about how you're going to do it each week you know yeah you know Uh, Um, i'll work i'll work on it okay i think you'll do you'll do well i have confidence in you i'm glad thank Mm -hmm. you thank you Mm -hmm. well at least i achieved my mission which was to say that we have a show (laughs) it's it's uh we're recording it right now Mm -hmm. and it involves you and me there you go you're on point now my other mission Mm -hmm. Yes. My other mission is to say what we will be doing in, in today's mm-hmm. episode. Uh, and that is something that I it doesn't come naturally to me, and I'm not sure it comes naturally to you either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to do some bold predictions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you prepared to be bold? Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and be bold. I'm, yeah, I'm going to try and be bold. I think that, you know, we were talking about this a little bit, how, uh, you know, maybe it's... Uh, a little bit more difficult and challenging uh, to be bold because I think that we always we're digging into stats and we like to analyze and we like to try and be accurate, you know. Um, and I think we 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 stress accuracy versus boldness. So I think this is a little bit more of kind of a little. This is a good exercise, I think, for us. It is. It is. We gotta we gotta like work out that muscle, mm-hmm. the bold muscle. Yeah, the bold muscle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we gotta flex it. Well, we're going to let's <laughs> let's try and flex it today. All right. All so right. we're going to each do five bold predictions mm-hmm. and I am going to let you bat lead off here to mix my metaphors like and okay. uh, you you can make your first okay. bold prediction. Well, so my first bold prediction and I've spoken about this player a little bit throughout uh, the football season, but um, it is Matt Ryan. Um, I'm planting my flag my Matt Ryan flag uh, this season. I think that he will finish as a top eight quarterback this season. Um, you know, I mean, he's being drafted as a QB 15. Um, it really is. I've always been a Matt Ryan fan, but it's more so I'm, you know, I'm just all in on that Arthur Smith game plan. You know, it worked really well with Ryan Tannehill uh, during his time under Smith. You know, last season Tannehill was the, the QB seven. Um, and yes, Julio Jones is gone, but it's not like Ryan is lacking in pass catchers. He, he has a shiny new toy with Kyle Pitts. Calvin Ridley filled in really well um, when Julio Jones wasn't there. Matt Ryan had no problems um, giving him targets uh, for really good yards in the games that Julio Jones wasn't there. And I think with regards to kind of Kyle Pitts, um, you know, Arthur Smith loves to use 12 personnel. I think that this will be really good for Pitts and uh, Hayden Hurst. And I think they both will have um, good fantasy value this season. But um, I don't know. I just, I like Ryan this season. I think that they will, they've always been, you know, like this pass happy team. I think that that will continue this year. I know they say they're going to try and run the ball a little bit more. I'm just not sure, A, if they will, and B, how effective it will be. So I think yet again, you know, you know, Matt Ryan will be there and he'll have to be airing it out. And I think that Smith 
will draw up you know solid game plans that will will benefit Matt Ryan. All right, I like it. I like it. All right, how about you? All right, so my my first bold prediction. Mm-hmm. You won't be surprised mm-hmm. by this, probably. Is Odell Beckham mm-hmm. Jr. will be a top twelve Ooh. wide receiver, a wide receiver one. Ooh. You're laying now, it down. There. This is a man. Yeah, well, he he's done it before. Mm-hmm. He's done it three times before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just so happens those were the first three seasons of his career back in 2014, <laughs> 15, and 16. So it has been a little while. But he probably still but, has, you know, I could see him. He, he's still got some uh, juice left in the tank. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he was the 16th best receiver in 2018, his final season with the Giants, and that was in only 12 games. Mm-hmm. So uh, if he had played a full season in 2018, he would have easily been a top 12 wide receiver that season as well. Uh, the only season with the Giants where he wasn't, uh, performing at a wide receiver one level was 2017 when he only played four games. Mm. So uh, really injury has was the only thing that stood in the way of him being a wide receiver one throughout his time uh, in New York. Uh, it's been a little bumpier with the Browns, mm-hmm. um, but he did top a thousand yards in his first season. And that was with an inept coaching staff. Uh, Freddie Kitchens uh, wow. needed to get out of the yeah. kitchen. Uh, you know, so I don't think that was really that, disappointing a year he only had four touchdowns um so that dragged his value down but we know that odell beckham can make plays in the red zone we do now last year last year was a little bumpier uh you know he only uh played in seven games and did not do a lot in those seven games he did match the four touchdowns but other than that his production was way down um but you know that's a very small sample size to write off a player uh, of odell beckham's talent and I think Baker Mayfield is really coming into his own as a quarterback. Uh, as we talked about on our last pod, uh, the, the Browns are likely to open up the passing game more this season. Uh, and that's going to be good news for Beckham. I think this is a very straightforward um, roster, a very straightforward uh, receiver group. Uh, Jarvis Landry is sort of the ideal number two receiver, but he is not a threat to Beckham as the alpha in this offense. Uh, I just think Beckham can make plays all over the field. He can make plays uh, in short yard, you know, short intermediate areas over the middle of the field. He can make plays in the red zone. He can uh, burn uh, defenders deep. He really has every aspect of the game that you look for in a wide out. And I don't see why uh, he can't get back into that wide receiver one territory this season. You know, he's still only 28 years old. Uh, I don't, I, I, I just think it's been a matter of um, coaching and injuries that have sort of set him off track the last few years. But I really think this he's going to bounce back in a big way in 2021. I like that. I think that is a bold move, my friend. Um, so I like it. Um, my, well, thank you. Yep, my second bold uh, prediction is with a tight, a tight end, and that's Cole Komet. I think that he will finish as a top 12 tight end this season. Um, you know, he's currently being drafted as a tight end 22. Um, he's someone, last season was his rookie season, and, uh, you know, he became more involved in the Bears' offense at the tail end of the season, um, and he ended up seeing you know, at least six targets in four of the last five weeks. Um, And, you know, he only saw, or he only scored one touchdown uh, during that time, but that's primarily because Jimmy Graham has been their target hog, essentially, in the red zone. Um, But I think this year, he's going into his sophomore year, I think the Bears will start to take the the training wheels off, if you will. And I think that 
you'll start to see more Cole Komet, a little bit less of Jimmy Graham, hopefully in the, in the, uh, the red zone, because I think that uh, if that happens, like I said, I think that Komet can finish as a top 12 tight end this season. So, And I think that once Justin Fields takes over uh, the reins in Chicago, I think that that bodes well uh, for him. And actually, I think it's fine with, with Andy Dalton there because I think that he's a good safety valve. But I think that Justin Fields will also uh, help his fantasy value. Nice. Mm-hmm. I, I thought about making Justin Fields a QB1 as one of my mm-hmm. bold predictions. So I am with you. I'm excited to see what that Bears offense yeah. uh, will look like once Fields takes mm-hmm. over. Uh, my second, I, I'm going to cheat a little bit here because I'm going to mention two players here. So it, it really that just means the prediction is even bolder because <laughs> it's, it, it? it's involving okay. two different guys. Okay. But these guys really remind me of each other, and I love both of them, as you know. Mm-hmm. Corey Davis and Brian Edwards are both going to finish as top 20 wide receivers okay. this season. Ooh, top 20, okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, I know a lot of people are hyping up Davis, but I'm I'm really out on a limb on Edwards there. I, I think I've seen a lot of people ringing him in like the 60s or mm-hmm. something like that. But uh, these are two guys who are both physical specimens. Like, they're, they're incredibly talented physically uh they both play a similar style uh of play where uh you know i talked on the last pod uh you're i'm looking for guys who are gonna lead their team in targets but mm-hmm. also are able to make uh plays in the red zone i think both of these guys qualify um they can also they can they can make plays deep and uh over the middle of the field they're not gimmicky you know one-dimensional players uh, so that's really what i'm looking for and they're both in my opinion um, very likely to be the alpha uh, on their offenses. Now, these are not offenses that most people are super excited to buy into, you know, and I think that's why you see them fall in fantasy drafts. You know, people don't want Jets and Raiders on their teams. Uh, but these guys are going to be the number one. They're talented. They The best is still yet to come for these guys. You know, they both, um, you know, Corey Davis had a mini breakout last year. Uh, but before that, he basically had this, the same kind of thing happen to him that Brian Edwards had last year. Just a lot of hype coming out of college and then disappointing early production. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that both of these guys uh, can take a huge step forward this year. Uh, I think their teams need them to do that um, because there's just not a lot of um, competition, certainly in, in Oakland. Or, I'm sorry, Las mm-hmm. Vegas. Yeah. And with the Jets, I, I just think they paid Davis the money. They want him to be that number one guy. Uh, so I just I think that these guys are both going to get force-fed a lot of targets. I think they both have quarterbacks who um, can get them the ball, even if they're not necessarily going to be elite fantasy options in their own right. I think uh, you know both Derek Carr and Zach Wilson have shown me um, that they are going to be able to do that. Um, Carr last all of last season. Uh, and Wilson this entire preseason. So uh, I'm really excited to see these two guys have uh, big breakouts in 2021. Yeah, I like that call. I, I'm, you know, I'm really interested in the, uh, the, the, the new look Jets. We talked about this a little bit on a previous podcast. Um, but yeah, I think that Corey Davis is, is the number one there. And it'll be, um, I think it's kind of a fun, fun team to watch, possibly. Um, and, and then with Edwards, you know, I still am like, eh, you know, Edwards are rugs, but I know. I know you're the big Edwards guy, so we shall see. That, we'll that's see. bold, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. So my bold prediction is that uh, Javante Williams will finish as a top 12 RB this season. 
um, you know, he's someone who's going to be splitting time with Melvin Gordon early on in the season. But I think that he could take over the running back reins sooner rather than later. Um, I think the, the front office has always been excited about Williams. Head coach uh, Vic Fangio recently said that that they feel comfortable using Williams in any situation. Uh Teddy Bridgewater had said that Williams reminds him of Alvin Kamara, which is pretty high praise. And I don't know. I think that he could just be Denver's three down back at some point uh, this season earlier rather than later. And I think that he can be a star. You know, we've we've previously talked about um, some of Denver's playmakers, how they're, you know, they have tons of talent, but they tend to be capped by Teddy Bridgewater's conservative play and his love for the short to kind of intermediate uh, passes uh, down the field. Um, but this doesn't, nece- this doesn't really apply to Javante Williams. And I think that this is an exciting player. I think that uh, he will be an, an, you know, an integral part of the Broncos um, offense this season. And like I said, I think that we're going to see him a lot sooner uh, than maybe, maybe, you know, we thought kind of in the preseason. So I, I'm excited about Javante Williams. I like him. I think he's going to end up as a top 12 RB this season. Love it. Yeah. Love it. You know, it, it, the interesting thing is uh, we have evidence that this can happen. These these rookie running backs, uh, maybe they're not uh, getting the majority of the snaps in week one and maybe not even for the first month of the season. But look at last year with uh, Jonathan Taylor and also with Cam Akers, both of those guys, uh, you had to be patient. It took a while um, for those guys to get their opportunity. Uh, but once they did, they really ran with it, and they were huge difference makers and were able to ride that yeah. to elite fantasy value by the end of the season. So, uh, you know, I don't even think Javante Williams needs to finish as a top 12 running back to be a great uh, draft pick because he will be, a, if he's a top 12 running back in the second half of the season, even. Mm-hmm. Um, that would make him a great value. But I, I, I love that your boldness in saying he'll be so good that he can make up for the lack of snaps early in the year and get to top 12 overall value for the whole year. I, I, I hope you're that's, right. That's the goal. Bold is the goal. <laughs> <laughs> go bold or go home. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, my next bold prediction mm-hmm. is that, and this one might sadden you a little because I know you like Damian Harris. Yeah. But I think that James White is going to outscore Damian Harris in PPR leagues this season. Wait, I'm thinking about this uh, real quickly. Yeah, no, I don't. I do not agree. But let's. I, I'm going to hear it. Let's hear it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this is. It's just we need a little history lesson on the <laughs> New England Patriots. Let's go, teacher Andrew. What does this team like to do? Mm-hmm. Because they are the the some of the names may change, but the names that haven't changed are Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, and James White, and. If we've learned anything from this backfield over the years, it's that you never can really trust who the the main between the tackles rusher is going to be from year to year. And, you know, Bill Belichick has said some nice things about Damian Harris this preseason. But do we really believe a single word out of Bill Belichick's mouth to the media ever? He this man thinks the media is the enemy. There's no doubt about it. And he's not gonna tell uh them anything that will affect his team's uh, ability to compete or even, you know, what he thinks might affect their ability to mm-hmm. compete. So uh, I don't I don't care about any quotes in the media from Bill Belichick. What I care about is how this team has deployed their backs in the past. 
And we have not seen that uh, top 24, let alone top 12 running back value uh, from those between the tackles backs in New England in a long time. I think you have to go back to like LeGarrett Blunt or something like that. Uh, whereas James White, year after year, and it's really not only in PPR, he's even been an RB2 in standard non-PPR leagues uh, uh, once or twice in his career. Uh, he's the one guy in that backfield that has that consistent role from season to season. Uh, we know how he's that he's going to get his touches. Uh, you know, he was the in in half PPR. He was the RB twenty two in twenty nineteen. He was the RB eight in twenty eighteen. Uh, then, of course, last year Cam Newton was the quarterback, and Cam Newton does not like to throw mm-hmm. the ball to his running backs. He runs it himself. But Cam Newton's not there anymore. And Mac Jones is definitely, uh, he's not Tom Brady, but he's a Tom Brady style of quarterback. You know, he's going to want to check the ball down to James White as his security blanket early and often. Uh, and I think this is this is different than some other teams where they just have a third down back. I think James White is more integral to the Patriots offense than just a third down back. I think he's a guy that they will incorporate into all different downs and distances uh, to get him his touches each and every week. Uh, I just feel a lot more confident in his floor. I I don't think he's got, you know, he's not likely to be RB8 again, Mm -hmm. uh, but I think I feel confident that, especially in full PPR, that he can be a top 24 back. And I'm not, I'm just not convinced about that with Damian Harris. Hmm. I think, Andrew, that you have made a very solid case but I reject it. Um, I think that it is bold, though. I will give you that. And I think that we will just have to see how this plays out. And I think that we will we will keep watch. We should do a you know White and Harris watch for each week and just see how this plays out. Let's do I it. I like it. Um, <laughs> so my bold prediction, and if you are a listener of our podcast, you know I have talked about this player plenty, but I will continue to talk about him and I will plant my flag, continue to plant my flag for Rondell Moore. Um, I think that he will end up as the Cardinals wide receiver too. And I think that he will finish as a top 30 wide receiver. Um, You know, he's someone that is kind of going around, you know, 65, the 65th um, running back, or I'm sorry, wide receiver uh, in drafts. Um, But I just, I just like him. I like him because I think that he has a good, opportunity to take a step forward. Arizona loves to pass the ball. They use a ton of three and four wide receiver sets. Um, I think that he will see a lot of time in the slot, but he's he's a speedy guy, you know, and I think that he can be used as a weapon down the field if they so choose. Um, I think one drawback with him is that he's also, he's speedy, he's also tiny. I mean, he's, a, he's like 5'7", but he is a yak monster. I think that he will um, use this to his advantage in Arizona. Um, and I think it's a good sign that Moore has been, you know, he was heavily used in a lot of uh, the preseason games. Uh, head coach Cliff Kingsbury has spoken uh, spoken a ton about how he loves Moore, how he wants um, he wants him to be involved, and he's been drawing up, up specific plays for, for Moore. So I think that this is all good. You know, the Cardinals like to air it out. It's a very pass-heavy team. Um, and they have a head coach that wants him involved. So for me, I think this is a fantasy match made in heaven. And I just think that he will 
just like shoot up the ranks. So I really like him this season. Nice. I, that's a pretty bold, uh, pretty bold mm-hmm. prediction. The thing it's not though is quite as bold as my Brian Edwards prediction the 20, because they yeah. they, mm-hmm. they actually have very similar ADPs mm-hmm. according to Fantasy Pros. Uh, Edwards is the wide receiver sixty one, and Moore is the wide receiver sixty three. So. Uh, so you're, are you watering you, down you, my boldness here? Is this what's going on? Well, what do you say about a little side mm. uh, bet mm-hmm. on who is the more productive fantasy uh, receiver between Edwards and Moore? Yeah, I would do that. I would do that. All right. Okay. We mark it down. It's on the books. <laughs> All right, but I do, I do like your, I do like your more call, despite my concerns about, I know, um, you know, Kyler yeah. Murray's uh, passing acumen. I, I do think it sounds, it sounds like, you know, Cliff Kingsbury really uh, has a vision for for Rondell Moore, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to manufacture uh, targets for him, which is always he's a good make thing. Make it happen. Yeah. yeah. All right, so this next bold prediction, I want to start by saying, this is another one about the Patriots, mm-hmm. but I want to say this one, it, it, my my rankings do not reflect this prediction, but the reason for that, um, I'll, well, I'll get to it in a second. The the, the prediction is Jonu Smith outscores Kyle Pitts Ooh, in that is very bold. That, I think that's your boldest. Yeah. I think it's your boldest. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. So here's my thinking on this. The reason my rankings don't reflect it is because I feel like Kyle Pitts has a wide range of outcomes. Like I feel like there's a world where Kyle Pitts finishes as like the tight end one, and we're all like, "Oh, let's get down on our knees and and pray and bow bow down to the, our our new savior, Kyle Pitts." That that there's a world where that happens, uh, and it's probably similar to the world you're talking about, where Matt Ryan finishes as a top eight QB. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but I think there's also a world where Kyle Pitts sort of struggles to adapt to the NFL. Uh, you know, I think I I do agree with the thinking that like he's not a traditional tight end. So all the stats and data we have about rookie tight ends struggling don't fully apply to him. I I, I agree with that. Like if he's lining up up out wide a lot, then I think you start looking more at like wide receiver comps. But even there, you know. It's it's still I guess asking a lot of Kyle Pitts uh, to be like a top four, top even top six tight end as a rookie. You know he's competing against guys who, with proven records. You know guys like Mark Andrews, uh, T.J. Hawkinson, who took a big step forward last season. Um, and I would say Johnu Smith, like this guy, uh, has shown a ton of uh, potential. He just was sort of miscast um, in Tennessee, mm. uh, but. You know he the money talks, and they paid the Patriots paid a lot of money to bring this guy on the team. Um, I think he can play out wide in a similar style to Kyle Pitts, mm-hmm. um, but the difference is there's no Calvin Ridley on the Patriots. You know that they, they they need Johnu Smith to 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 catch a lot of passes. I think, uh, and so I really think that we could see that Patriots offense sort of. Uh, run through Johnu Smith, where he is leading the team in targets from week to week, uh, and you know, and at the same time, you might see Kyle Pitts sort of just uh, uh, you know taking a little bit of time to adjust uh, to the NFL. Um, so I understand all the hype with Kyle Pitts. I'd be thrilled if I had him in in Dynasty, and I actually recently moved him ahead of. Andrews and Hawkinson in my rankings all the way up to tight end four. So it's not that I hate him. I just think that there's 
Um, there's a, a range of outcomes for him, and I think that there's a decent chance that uh, you know he's more of a a mid to low end tight end one, and Johnny Smith uh, with a lot of uh, the same sort of. I mean, he's not he's not quite the unicorn that Pitts is, but he's he's a physical specimen as well, and uh, he's in a great game plan for his for his skills finally. Uh, so I think I think that we could see him uh, him outperform the mu- the much hyped rookie. That I don't really know what to say to that other than that is that is the bold of bold I think so far and so I like it I like I think you went out did you, I think you went out of your comfort zone there Andrew and you just got you got really bold with that one I like it. Well, I'm building up my boldness here. I'm going to go even bolder <laughs> Ooh, with my final okay. selection. Okay. Ooh, I can't yes. wait for that. Um, <laughs> so. I you know, see my bold prediction here is that uh, Najee Harris will finish as a top five uh, running back this season. And I think that this just really kind of, for me, it's pretty simple. I think it comes down to opportunity and kind of team context, uh, team game plan, that sort of thing, which is really kind of what, you know, a lot of fantasy football is about. So you know, Andrew, we've talked about this lack of a true bell cow uh, in um, in the NFL. You know, there's just so few of them. But, uh, you know, the Steelers is one team that has historically used uh, bell cow backs. That's what they do. That's their, you know, that's, that's their MO. Now, last year was an exception to that. Um, but I think that, you know, by drafting Harris, uh, you know, that really signaled that they want to go back to their you know, running roots, uh, if you will. Um, and this is a back that's, that has a three-down skill set. He will have the volume. He will have the opportunity. He has no competition behind him. Um, I think that the uh, Steelers will have um, a strong offense. And I just think that it's it's all there. He's got that opportunity. There's a path for him to um, be a very strong running back this season. Um, and I think that he will finish as a top five RB. Love it. You know, last last year was the first year in a very long time that you would have been disappointed uh, building your team around a Steelers running back. Mm-hmm. So more often than not with Mike Tomlin, that's a good wager to make. Uh, now, I think it is bold because you're saying top five. Mm-hmm. Now, if you had said top 10, I would have been like, eh, that's not so bold mm-hmm. because I, I feel like Najee Harris has a very high floor for the reason you're talking about, the volume. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order to get top five, I think he's going to need more than pure volume. He's going to need to be really good. And, um, you know, there's those questions about that offensive line. So I think that's really the big question because I agree with you. Uh, even though Roethlisberger is pretty old at this point, they, they should still score a fair number of points. He should get a decent number mm-hmm. of red zone carries. Um, it's going to be a question of whether that line can open up holes consistently. And I like that you're that you're on board with that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yes. Yeah. All right. My final bold prediction. I don't know if I can handle it. Unless we decide to go to overtime. Because your last one was so good. No, (laughs) I don't have any more. We had a rule. You were bold in that you went more beyond your your number of bold picks you were supposed to have. That's fine. I I don't think I can go much bolder than (laughs) this one anyway. All right. Let's end it on a And also, yes. And this is going to generate a lot of hate mail. Mm -hmm. So good. Okay. um, I've already tested driven some of this a little bit oh, on social media mm-hmm. and gotten immediate blowback. I think so, I know what team uh, this refers to. Well, this is another one where I'm cheating and I'm, I'm actually making it extra bold okay. by mentioning two players. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. I believe I'm calling, I predict 
Mm-hmm. That both Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa will be benched before the end of the season. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> uh huh. Let's hear why. Yeah. Okay. Well, I. So again, for me, this comes down to: Can these guys do it in the NFL? Can they read a defense? Can they go through their progressions, mm-hmm. make the passes, make the throws they need to do to be a long-term? quarterback in the nfl you know yeah. uh, i see i see the upside everyone's hoping for the next lamar jackson or kyler murray uh but the reality is there aren't that many of those guys around and there's mm-hmm. a lot of players that want to be like that uh that never make it so um you know i think these are two different teams because uh, two different situations because i think the eagles um could be uh a, they could struggle let's put it that way mm-hmm. whereas the dolphins i feel like should be in the playoff hunt um, so with, with Philadelphia, I think the situation is, is basically as such. They are trying to find their quarterback of the future. That's the goal. That's their number one goal mm-hmm. this season. Uh, they brought in Gardner Minshew, um, as a backup. And I think that, I don't think they, I don't think they have a, a ton of confidence that Gardner Minshew is the answer for them, but I do think that if they see enough of Jalen Hurts and they don't like what they see, mm-hmm. that they, that Minshew is young enough that they could say, Let's take a look at Minshew too. I want to see what he Kick can do. Kick the tires. Um, yeah, exactly. So I, you know, I think I, I was even thinking there was a chance they would bench Hurts when Joe Flacco was the backup, but I think with Minshew, it's it's more likely. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hurts, you know, there's a world where he finishes as a top ten quarterback and is and breaks out like everyone hopes. But if that doesn't happen, I, I really think by the second half of the year, if this team is kind of spiraling out of control, maybe even just to try to preserve some of his own confidence, they might take him out of that job for a while and give Minshew the chance. You know, we've seen Minshew. He's, Minshew is auditioning for the, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick of the next generation role right now. And I think this yeah. could be a big step in his legacy towards doing that if <laughs> if he's called upon to take, take over for Hurts. Yeah. And then with Tua, you know, you were really down. I'm sort of betting against. Well, I'm I'm sort of betting against history a little bit last because Tua should have been benched last year, and he sort of was benched actually multiple times, Mm -hmm. to be honest, um, by Brian Flores. But but each time Flores came back to him over Ryan Fitzpatrick, time and time again, even though it was very clear that Ryan Fitzpatrick was better than Tua at that stage of their career, and he was giving them a better chance to win. They ended up missing the playoffs, not even by a game. They tied, but they lost on a tiebreaker and missed the playoffs. Hmm. Uh, now, I know everyone loves Brian Flores as a coach, but that decision might have cost them a playoff spot. Uh, and I'm not sure he's willing to make that same mistake again this year. Uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett is the backup there. Uh, he's not Oh, he's not a quarterback of the future, uh, but he is a veteran backup quarterback um, compared to most backups in the league he's pretty experienced and uh has some credentials so uh this is a team that has a very good defense i think they can have a pretty good running game they have a bunch of playmakers in the passing game uh this is a team that's built to win and if two is not getting the job done uh i think you could reach a point in the season um where they're winning a lot of ugly close games and they they decide they need to uh you know, save their season and basically uh, go with uh, Brissett. And um, yeah, wow. so I, you know, I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but I, I think you wouldn't be surprised. I think both, there's, 
I I think there's a world where both of these quarterbacks get benched. Okay. All right. I mean, I can see I mean, I can see it. I think with, you know, Tua, I do kind of think it's it's I could be swayed, you know, in the sense thinking about him. I think I wouldn't say like this is like a make it or break it sort of year, but I do think that he has to play well and I think that they, you know, Miami did make a very concerted effort to bring in, you know, a lot of pass catchers and receiving weapons for him in in the offseason and I think that if um, you know, he he was he was kind of pass happy in the preseason. I think that was those are good signs. Um, but I think that if you don't see that throughout um, you know, the regular season, um, I definitely think that he's on a hot seat, you know. So um, I don't think it is, like, really far-fetched um, for him. I, I think you're right. I can see a world where uh, that could happen. And with Jalen Hurts, yeah, it's – we've talked about this a ton. It's – you know, to me, it's it's about that kind of – that passing ability. Now, if, if he can um, kind of improve in that area – then I think it's fine, and I think you're looking at a, at a at a you know a top ten quarterback easily. So, um, you know, I do think that those those are are, are you know bold um, predictions. I like them, but I can also see that yeah, you're right in that uh, world where this this can happen. Yeah, and like I alluded to at the beginning, I've I've already gotten some um, some unhappy uh, Twitter responses on, about my about hurts. Is it like batteries uh, coming through the, your <laughs> potentially phone? Potentially losing the job uh, to Minshew at yeah. some point in the season. Uh, I don't know if Miami people get quite as uh, intense about it as Philly people do, but maybe maybe I'll be hearing from some Dolphins uh, fans as well. You know, I, I do think I, I do want to also mention with two. I mean, again, he was actually benched multiple times last season, and it's like if you really believe in this guy so much would you really be doing that it it sort of showed where what that they really have some doubt about him and then uh there's also been all this smoke about deshaun watson and you know i don't know maybe that's maybe that's all totally made up but i kind of get the sense that if deshaun watson didn't have all these legal issues Mm -hmm. hanging over him and he had just demanded a trade and the texans had decided they were going to cash out i think miami would I think they would do it because I think when you only like this is like I said this is a team that is built to win uh and you only get so many opportunities and uh I think that if you ask, if you gave Brian Flores truth serum and asked him do you have a better chance to win with Deshaun Watson or Tua Tagovailoa I don't think it would be hard for him to make a decision I don't think it's close and I think he knows that and at the end of the day talent usually wins and whether it's uh in week four or week eight or week 12 or maybe it doesn't happen till next season if Tua doesn't improve his play dramatically this season he's he's not gonna last in that job yeah interesting I think those are all all good points you bring up and um like I said I can see it and I'm I was bold you were I bold. Did it. we were both bold I think and so I think we, we were should, we were both we bold. should pat ourselves on the back for being bold this was out of our our mold. We're not usually in the bold mold, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so yeah. We're in the rhyming mold. We now. are. Always. Uh, that and puns. <laughs> you know, we can yeah. So um, Yeah, well next week we'll go back to our, our nerdy analytical yeah. approach to yeah. fantasy football. football. For today yeah. we, we did our shock jock yeah. bold picks. I think it was good though. I had uh, fun. It was uh I think a good Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Learn we flexed that muscle. We did. 
I didn't, we did. We'll have to, um, maybe we'll have some more, do some sort of more bold somethings uh, throughout this season. Yeah, once a, once a month we'll get Okay, bold. we'll do once a month. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. I, I guess on that note, that about wraps up uh, today's show. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, please check out rosrankings.com for our bold rankings <laughs> uh, and our bold articles that we Are they will bold? be publishing. Sometimes, okay. All uh, right. I mean, I I, uh, I I wrote I just wrote a dead zone article, mm-hmm. RB Dead Zone, mm-hmm. uh, where I was I was uh, firmly out on Daryl Henderson and uh, where you can Damian Williams. You continue Is that bold? to throw wet blankets on the running backs that I like. <laughs> but I love Gus Edwards. Okay. I, I I thought about adding a bold prediction that he'd be a top ten running back Ooh, this year. Okay. That almost made my cut. Ooh. Okay. So I'm not afraid. I'm not, not. afraid to be bold. Nope. Uh, so yes check out rosrankings.com we will be back next week with a pod wrapping up all of week one's action and helping you sort through the waiver wire and then later in the week we will have another preview episode uh, helping you get ready to set those lineups for week two the NFL season is here we are excited we are bold Mm -hmm. we are all bold we must go into our fantasy matchups with bravery and courage (laughs) Yep. And 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 win. Yeah. Win. Win. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Andrew underscore Seifter. <laughs> and you can find me at LK Auerbach. And as always, if you can rate, review, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff, please do. We greatly appreciate it. Um, Andrew, I hope that everyone has a good fantasy football week one. And you know what, guys, gals, embrace the bolt. Yeah, go out and get that victory. (laughs) You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.